Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. When you think about God's creation, God created marriage and the family, and for thousands and thousands of years now, and this is a fact, this is the fact of history, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, people got together, got married, had children, the parents took care of the children when they were little, then when the parents got old, the children took care of the parents, right? And then that cycle just started over again. Then those kids had kids, and they took care of them when they were little, and then when the parents got old, the kids took care of the parents, and, then, and, and that process has continued for thousands of years. And in most societies around the world, they understand that. But in our society, we have become so educated we become educated fools, right? We, we think, yeah, we don't need family. We don't need parents. And it's so uh, valuable when you have generations of families that are together, right? And so now the enemy doesn't want that. The enemy wants everybody to be divorced six or seven or eight or ten times. I mean, America is only, I don't know what the average is now, three or four, but he's wanting to up it to ten, right? He wants everybody to be divorced and married ten times and have children from eight different people. The enemy wants it to be chaos, right? Paul's telling those Corinthians there, he's saying, look, God has a plan for family, for marriage, and, and you need to look out for the interest of others. Verse 13, he says, judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? And so, they would understand what Paul's talking about. The prostitutes came down every night with their heads uncovered. Like, should she dress like a prostitute at church? I mean, that's basically what she's saying, right? What Paul's saying to them. Verse 14, does not even nature itself teach us that if a man has long hair, it is dishonoring to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. So, now remember the covering thing, uh, you know, just the idea of a purity, right? And so Paul is saying nature itself teaches that there's a difference between men and women. Now our society says no different between men and women. Paul's saying, look, it's obvious. Everybody knows there's a difference between a man and a woman, right? And, 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 and so he's saying, look, women should have long hair, men should have, now, but then the question is asked, what is the definition of long hair, right? Um, it's relative to the times. He's not saying that you can't have long hair, short hair. He's just saying, look, doesn't it make sense? And, and, and you know, just that, that women have long hair and you know, he's not saying that you have to do this, but he's saying men and women are different. Women have long hair, men have short hair. He goes, verse 16 says, but if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such customs, nor do the churches of God. Now, verse 16 is important because, in other words, Paul's saying, you know, this is specific for this church in Corinth. This is not the law of God and all the churches, right? And so he's saying, don't abuse your freedom. Don't dress like a prostitute in church, right? Just because it's legal, don't do it. Now, verse 16 tells you that all the stuff above that you shouldn't try to implement that in your church, verse 17. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse. Now he's saying, look, this church is messed up, and now he's going to talk about communion. He's saying, so when you come to church, you know, don't dress like a prostitute from Aphrodite. And now he's going to talk about communion. He's saying, look, you guys, uh, I've heard you're doing some crazy things. Verse 18, he said, for first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. So he says, you guys are having divisions among the church. Now, we read in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, where he said, 
uh, I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ, for you are still carnal, for where there's envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal? So he's saying, look, you guys are not very mature. Even though you think you are, you're still very uh, immature. And a carnal Christian is someone who's accepted Christ as their Savior, but their life is still controlled by their, their, their selfish desires. A carnal Christian causes divisions. A carnal Christian is envious and striving and causing divisions. And, and those are characteristics of a carnal Christian. So he said to the Corinthian church, you guys are carnal, right? You're messed up. Verse 19, for there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. And so Paul's talking about when they come to church to have communion, and you know sometimes they would have like a potluck sort of thing. And as they came together, some people in the church would eat all the bread and drink all the wine, then they're drunk, and, they ate all, and then there's nothing else to have communion with, right? And, and so you could just... Just a crazy sort of thing. And Paul says in verse 22, and then he says, what? <laughs> That's what it says. What? <laughs> do you not have houses to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? I do not praise you. So as they were celebrating communion together, some were getting drunk. So Paul's saying, look, that's not how you should roll at church. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, and that's where we get the word Eucharist, right? We talk about communion. He broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. That's why they had communion there uh, the night before he went to the cross. He shared it with them, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And, and what does he want to remember? Well, Jesus said, look, I love you guys. In uh, Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus loves us so much that he died for us that our sins can be forgiven. And that's what communion is about, remembering that. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so, uh, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, researchers say that you remember about 10% of what you hear. Uh, so tonight, uh, who knows how much you remember. But, and about 50% of what you see and about 90% of what you do. And so obviously Jesus knew this before any research came out. <laughs> right? But that when you have communion, you have the bread, you have the cup, and that you think about Jesus' body being crucified on the cross and the cup, about his blood being shed. And, and it's just, it's symbolic. Now, uh, Jesus said, eat this bread, drink this cup in remembrance of me. So it is symbolic of, you know, just for us to remember that Jesus loves us and, and that uh, it, it's symbolic of his blood and his body on the cross and that our sins can be forgiven. And so if you come to church and we have communion and, and maybe you had a bad week or maybe you got involved in something you shouldn't be involved with or you did something you shouldn't do or you said something you shouldn't say and you felt bad about it, you can come and realize 
man, my sins can be forgiven and I can be washed clean. And Jesus died for me that my conscience can be cleared, that I don't have to live with a guilty conscience. I don't have to live with the shame of the mistake I made. But Jesus came to wash it away. And so we all need to know 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means when you sin, you come to church and we have communion, you think about, ah, his blood washes my sin away and I can be cleansed, my heart, my mind, I can be forgiven, I can start new, his mercies are new every morning. And so Jesus instituted communion for us to remember his love towards us. In verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, sometimes people misinterpret what it means, unworthy manner. It doesn't mean that you are a Christian at church and you are unworthy because you make mistakes, right? And, and so he's not talking about, you know, you're unworthy or, or you're a non-Christian. And some people think that it means that, you know, if a non-Christian's in here tonight, maybe someone didn't accept Jesus and they partake of the cup and they're not saved. But uh, what does the Bible say in Romans 3.10? There is none righteous, no, not one. So when he's talking about unworthy manner, he's speaking about believers, uh, you know, eating all the bread, drinking all the wine, right, causing division. He's talking about them coming to church and conducting themselves, you know, carnally, right? That's what he's talking about. So uh, that's partaking in an unworthy manner, coming to church, you know, whatever. So, you know, just doing all those things that he described, uh, being drunk, eating all the bread, whatever, causing division. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself and so... Let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So examine himself. In other words, he's saying, know the truth about yourself. So when you come and have communion, you want to know the truth about yourself. And uh, that's what I love about the Bible. It helps us to know the truth about ourselves. And what is the truth? The truth is I'm a sinner and I make mistakes and I need forgiveness. God is a God of order. When God created the universe, when he created the solar system, when he created the sun and the moon and, you know, planet Earth, they are on a very precise systematic system. What Paul's saying is that in the church, is that God wants things to be done decently and in order, not, not in chaos, right? And, and uh, you know, there are some styles of churches, some that are a little more enthusiastic. God says that things are to be done decently in order in the church. So when he says, when you have communion, he said, wait for one another, right? Don't just come and race up there and, you know, whatever. And then he says in verse 34, but if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment and uh, and the rest I will set in order when I come. He's talking about the other thing. So he's saying, look, if you're hungry, don't come to church and eat 200 of those little wafers and say, I'm still hungry. You got any more? I mean, it's like, right? I mean, he's saying, look, the thing is about Jesus. It's symbolic. It's not about, you know, drinking all the wine or, or whatever. And, and uh, our communion juice is juice. It's not wine um, just because the juice is cheaper. But, but the point is, is that Paul's saying, look, you, you need to care about other people. And that's the whole point of the thing. Even if it's legal or lawful, is it lawful for you to get a big handful of the communion wafers tonight and eat 25 of them? It's lawful, right? Is one of the ushers going to stop you? No, you can eat 25 if you want. But is it beneficial for anybody? <laughs> you have a stomachache. I don't know what those things are made of, <laughs> right? Those wafers. But he's saying you should care about other people, right? You should love people. You should care about people. And when it comes to church, you should care about the people you go to church with, that you want to encourage them and help them, right? And, and so you don't want to stumble people. And, and that's what these last three chapters have been about, about caring about people, loving people, and, you know, not doing things. And as he goes on, he's going to continue to talk about other things, about people speaking in tongues at church and, and running around acting crazy at church. He's saying, look, things need to be done decently and in order 
because we represent God, right? And, and God is a God of order in, in everything that he does. What is communion about? You want me to repeat the whole thing? No. <laughs> you know what it's about. It's about remembering that Jesus loves you. So we're going to stop there. We're going to pray. And if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, we want to give you an opportunity to do that even now as we pray. So uh, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. And God, we do pray that you would just cause us to care about the people around us. Lord, that we would love the people that we go to church with. Lord, that we would be concerned about their well-being. That we would not be selfish, self-centered people. Lord, we want your spirit to fill us with your love, your agape love, that we could love other people unconditionally. Lord, that we're here to help people and serve people and bless people. And so tonight as we have communion, Lord, we want to remember you, that you love us so much, that you died on the cross for our sins. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. And so we thank you, Jesus, for this time to have communion tonight. And we just pray now that you would help us, Lord, to understand that your love towards us, the depth and the width of your love now in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you